And now to developments overnight in the United States. And the Supreme Court has overturned a 50-year-old ruling known as Roe v. Wade. The ruling had guaranteed nationwide abortion rights for women. Now that decision means millions of females in the US will lose their right, their legal right, that is, to abortion. The reversal of this 1973 judgment returns the decisions now to the 50 states, 13 of which look likely to introduce bans in just a matter of weeks. The country is now bracing for civil unrest. ABC's Jade McMillan is outside the Supreme Court in Washington. She joins us now. Jade, this was a highly anticipated decision. Can you just take us through exactly how the Supreme Court voted? Well, this was a a really anticipated decision and in some ways uh, it was not a surprise and that was because there was an unprecedented leak last week of the uh, court's draft opinion. It uh, revealed that uh, the Conservative majority court was planning on overruling Roe v Wade, the uh, decades-old precedent that enshrined a woman's right to an abortion. And that is exactly what has happened today uh, in the 6-3 ruling, the uh, court found that there is no constitutional right uh, to an abortion. It uh, criticised the Roe v Wade decision and decided that uh, this power should rest with the state. So the 6-3 ruling, I should clarify, was to uphold a Mississippi law, the uh, law that this case is centred on. And that Mississippi law uh, banned most abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. And that was at odds with the Roe v Wade precedent, which uh, basically said that uh, you could get an abortion up until 24 weeks of pregnancy, the point at which a fetus is considered uh, to be able to survive outside the womb. So, uh, as I said, that... uh, Three ruling was to uphold the Mississippi law, but then there was a 5-4 decision to overturn Roe v Wade altogether. And that means that the power uh, to regulate abortion, to ban abortion if states choose, does now rest with those state governments. Uh, And it means that up to half of America's 50 states are now expected to go ahead and do that, to Mm. ban abortion or to significantly restrict it. Jade, I'll ask you about those states which are most most likely to um, go ahead with this as soon as they can with those trigger laws, but it sounds as though, you know, there's quite a bit of action going on behind you. Can you take us through the reaction? Because obviously this will have, this decision has its supporters and it also has its fierce critics. Yeah, well, the crowd really started building here uh, well ahead of the court's decision. There had been people here all week that the court releases these opinions, is that uh, it schedules what it calls opinion these days, and we know that uh, some of its decisions to be made public, but it doesn't give advance notice which decisions will be coming in which day. Uh, so we were, there were tons of people here all week. Uh, but this morning it really felt as though there was a heightened sense of tension. There was a real expectation today uh, that the abortion decision would be coming down. There was a uh, heavier police presence. There were minor scuffles between uh, people on both sides of this debate. They sort of jostled for uh, media attention ahead of this decision coming out. And when it did come out, there were uh, screams, really screams of joy from anti-abortion campaigners, people hugging, crying, uh, celebrating a victory that 
they say they have fought long and hard for. But right next to those groups uh, was a real sense of devastation. As I said earlier, this was not an unexpected outcome. Uh, people uh, did have an expectation that this was coming because of that leak, uh, but it didn't really ease the impact that people felt. Uh, I saw young women shaking, crying, uh, hugging one another. And I think that uh, sentiment really quickly turned to anger. And now what we've got outside the Supreme Court is thousands of people. It is uh, mostly made up of people now who are uh, in favour of abortion rights. Uh, they are expressing their outrage at what has unfolded today and they are vowing to continue fighting on. Jade, this hands the decision back to the states, as you mentioned earlier, and some of these states have these trigger rules. How many states, I've read that there's around 13 that could move on this as soon as possible. Where are they? Well, uh, some estimates are that up to half of America's 50 states could now pretty quickly move to ban or significantly restrict abortion. You mentioned those states with trigger laws. They are states that have basically already got legislation on book uh, that meant that those bans could come into effect as soon as this decision came down. And what uh, many pro-abortion rights advocates are worried about is the makeup of those states, the geography, meaning that there will be large sections of the country now, particularly around the South and the Midwest, uh, where people will find themselves hundreds of kilometres away from an abortion provider. Uh, and that's assuming that women can actually travel if they want to go into state. What we've heard from many people is the uh, people from low-income households, uh, people from disadvantaged communities are the people that are more likely to need an abortion in the first place and they simply don't have that option of uh, travelling to another state and getting the procedure done there. We've also got states that didn't wait for uh, the court's decision. I'm thinking of Texas and Oklahoma. They passed laws ahead of today's opinion that sought to get around the Supreme Court, passing laws that uh, basically leave it up to citizens to sue each other. So uh, those laws are already in place, uh, very restrictive uh, abortion legislation in those parts of the US and now many other states are expected to pass uh, in effect their own bans. Mm. We are about to head over to uh, Mary Ziegler, but just before we let you go, um, Jade, you know, the rights of appeal here, it's obviously um, they've been mounting ideas around privacy and, and religious rights. This is not a done deal. There are appeals expected. I think most people expect that, that this is a done deal in the sense that this is the Supreme Court's decision. Uh, this does hand power back to the states now to uh, decide how and and which way they want to regulate abortion. Uh, but we have heard from people on both sides outside the court today that they don't consider this to be over. People, okay. uh, anti-abortion campaigners, say that they will now fight to get this banned in as many states as mm. possible. So they've still got that ahead of them mm. too. And the legalities of this will play out no end. Jade McMillan outside the US Supreme Court in Washington. Thank you. We'd like to go now to Mary uh, Ziegler. She's an American legal historian. She's a professor of law at the University of California, Davis School of Law, and she joins us now. Uh, Mary, thank you very much for your time. I mean, this solidifies a, a really a conservative shift for the US Supreme Court, doesn't it? 
It does. And I think in a way that we haven't really seen before, the court has had conservative majorities several times in the past, you know, 50 years, but not one that's willing to do things so aggressive, so and so quickly and really so unapologetically. So I think um, if the Supreme Court is willing to get rid of what's the best known constitutional decision in American law, you can ask what else it's willing to do and and wonder if there are really many limits. Mm. Where are the appeals avenue now, which we will no doubt see? Well, there there will not really be recourse at the U.S. Supreme Court for supporters of abortion rights in the near term, although, of course, we would expect to see progressives wage, you know, a, la- a decades-long campaign to reinstitute some kind of constitutional protection. In the short term, we're likely to see a kind of two-front struggle: one, to guarantee actual access to abortion on the ground um, in progressive states um, through travel or the mailing of medication, uh, and we're likely as well to see state constitutional struggles, as some will assert that state constitutions protect abortion rights, even if the U.S. Supreme Court will, will not. We know that a multiple of states have already acted on the decision by triggering new legal restrictions um, here on this. What does this practically mean for women on the ground? Does this happen immediately for them? Yes. So in those states, abortion is illegal now. Now, um, there are no states that have clearly authorized the punishment of women for having abortions, generally only the punishment of doctors for performing them, and sometimes also others, a fairly large group of potential others for aiding and abetting them. So for people who order abortion medications in these states, it's not clear that they'll face legal consequences. What is clear is that they may face surveillance, um, invasions of privacy, and so on, as states try to figure out who is or isn't having abortions and tries to find ways to prosecute those who are helping people find them. Mm. There are some states, though, that will still be safe havens for some women seeking the treatment, will there not? Absolutely, yeah. We, at the moment, at least, and this is this is likely to change, at the moment the United States will be divided roughly in two between states that allow some abortions or broad access and states that, that ban abortions. Um, and we know as well that within that kind of path that allow abortions, there are some that have actually set out to be sanctuaries, um, either by trying to shield their doctors from criminal prosecution or civil lawsuits from conservative states, as well as potentially making it easier for people to travel to their states to seek abortions. So there definitely are those sanctuaries. Mary, you mentioned at the beginning of this uh, discussion that where does this, what issues are now on the table when you see something like this, a 50-year-old law overturned? Kamala Harris, I'm reading, um, spoke about the Supreme Court's decision saying it could undermine the right to same-sex and interracial marriage as well as contraception. Where do you see it leading? Well, I think contraception and same-sex marriage are certainly on the table. It's worth emphasizing when it comes to contraception that many people who are opposed to abortion in the United States see common contraceptives as abortifacients. So these include emergency contraception, um, IUDs. So those may be on the table when states simply ban abortion without even saying anything directly about contraception. Um, Same-sex marriage, we know uh, Justice Clarence Thomas, in his opinion today, called for the overruling of the court's decision on same-sex marriage. We know Samuel Alito, the author of today's opinion, agrees with him on this and has written as much publicly. So I think that's likely to be the next thing we see 
openly attacked. Attacks on contraception may be just as effective, but likely more subtle, at least in the near term. Mary Ziegler, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Mary Ziegler is an American legal historian. She's a professor of law at the University of California, Davis School of Law. ABC RN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.